You're listening to Let's Talk Cuyahoga, a podcast that explores county initiatives and pulls back the curtain to reveal the work and the people who are driving Cuyahoga County forward. This month, we asked the question, how is Cuyahoga County preparing to help its residents who are facing the end of emergency allotments for their SNAP benefits? I'm Don Calavini from the Communications Department. The Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, provides money to qualifying households to put food on the table and help address food insecurity. Since March of 2020, Ohio's been providing additional benefits for individuals and families enrolled in SNAP. These emergency allotments provided a second payment each month to help residents during the economic uncertainty created by the pandemic. The extra benefits have also helped people deal with rising food costs due to inflation. But in December, Congress passed a spending bill for 2023 that eliminated the emergency allotments. So beginning in March, SNAP households receive only their standard SNAP benefit. Now faced with a drastic change in the amount of money coming in for food, residents like Brittany Robinson say it's going to be a struggle. That's another barrier and stressor right now because it's like, okay, well, I was up to date, okay, with the food stamps I get now with me and my daughter. Literally every month without fail, and I don't want to say it's at a certain time because I get mine in the middle of the month. So for me, I run out in the beginning of the month. Um, like, cause some people it's always all oh, the first of the month is when they get their, all their stuff and, and they struggle at the end of the month. Well, I struggle at the beginning of the month because every time I, when I get my food stamps on the 16th, they're pretty much gone by the first of the month, the following month. Um, I'm always out of food stamps like two weeks, about two weeks uh, before I get them again. And so having that second check. Um, and even is... with the second one, I'm st- I was still out, you know? <laughs> right, right. Literally. Knowing that those emergency allotments are coming to an end, have, have you been trying to think of other things that you'll need to do or, or resources to access, um, you know, like uh, through the Greater the Cleveland food bank. food bank? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I even told myself, I was like, well, no, I got to get back into, because it's been so much of a help. And because I don't have a source of income for cash, I go to places like the Cleveland Food Bank, you know, where they say, oh, you need some shoes for your kids? What size? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I take advantage of it in a, in a good way, not in oh, my kid has 10 pairs of shoes at home. Yeah, oh, you're giving me a free pair of shoes? Yeah, give them to me. No, if my kid don't need it, they don't need it. Give it to somebody else who needs it. Brittany has three children in her household and also provides food for her parents who don't qualify for SNAP benefits. Literally, when we do our budget as a family, me and my mom and stuff, we literally, like, add everything up. And it's every month, it's negative $1,000-something dollars every month, no matter what. Because when you put every single bill that you got in there, whether it's a car payment, whether it's a phone bill or things like that, everything comes out to be negative at the end of the month. Even that little extra $100 or $95 a month is, does does it make a difference in some people? No. 
But does it make a difference in other people? Yes. I just feel like sometimes people that are trying aren't getting anywhere and they're still struggling. It's definitely going to be a game changer when we don't get extra. I mean, but I was still getting by a little bit without it before, you know, so. Yeah. I definitely see how on the other end it's like, okay, well, these were extras, you know, that you didn't get before. And so it is just, to me, just a blessing, you know what I mean? But it still doesn't, it still doesn't change the fact that it's going to make people struggle. Thanks so much to Brittany Robinson for sharing her story with us. Next, we'll speak with the administrator of Cuyahoga County Department of Job and Family Services and the president of the Center for Community Solutions about why SNAP benefits are changing and how that's going to impact Cuyahoga County. Produce Perks makes healthy food more affordable for low-income families while supporting local farmers and strengthening the economy. Every Cuyahoga County resident who receives SNAP benefits can show their card at a farmer's market or participating grocery store to receive a matching amount of fruits and vegetables free. Find out more at cuyahogacounty.us slash podcast. You're listening to Let's Talk Cuyahoga. We heard from a Cuyahoga County resident who's facing the end of her emergency allotments for SNAP benefits. Joining me now to talk about the why, the impact on our county, and what's next, the administrator of Cuyahoga County Department of Jobs and Family Services, Kevin Gowan, and the president and executive director of the Center for Community Solutions, John Corlett. Kevin, SNAP is a program that at its heart is intended to address food insecurity. Um, Correct. Yeah. So can you give me a a recap of how the benefits have changed for our residents who receive them um, starting like three years ago and then, you know, what's coming up? Certainly. So at the start of the pandemic back in March of 2020, uh, in response to the the need that they knew would be out there. The federal government pushed out what's called maximum SNAP allotments. So they increased the amount of SNAP in the community. They increased the SNAP for each individual household. And that has been in place for three years. Um, It ranges anywhere from an extra $95 at a bare minimum uh, to actually we don't know how high it goes. Uh, We do know that we have roughly $20 million extra per month in Cuyahoga County alone, uh, which is about a 37, 40%, uh, accounts for about 37 to 40% of the current SNAP allotment out there right now. So we're talking $20 million every single month that we're not going to see anymore. Uh, and the families have grown to rely on this. Uh, it has actually been an unintended response to food inflation. Uh, It has certainly helped with food inflation that's been really happening all of last year and continues to today. I don't know if you've bought eggs lately, but eggs have. (laughs) Yes, I have. You can pay six or seven dollars for a carton of eggs nowadays. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that has done that uh, wasn't the intent at the beginning, but it's certainly helping out right now. No one knew what the effects of the the pandemic would be. We knew that we were going to go into some level of lockdown. We knew that jobs were going to be in flux. Businesses were closing. People were afraid to go to work. Uh, People voluntarily left their jobs to keep safe and secure at home with their families. This meant that people needed the extra income to to feed their families. John Corlett is with us with the Center for Community Solutions, and your work is trying to find answers for health and economic and um, social issues. So this end to emergency allotment really touches on all of those things. But what was your primary concern when you considered this end to emergency? 
emergency allotments. Well, I think where you have to start is with the impact on individuals you know, who are receiving these benefits. Um, you know, the, the group that I worry most about are older adults uh, because, you know, they saw a big bump in their monthly benefits uh, with the emergency allotment. And we just know the pressure they're under in our community. And it's actually one of the areas where poverty is growing in our community. And poverty has declined among children and families. But among seniors, that poverty figure has increased. And so that's the group I'm sort of most worried about. You know, I have to compliment Kevin and the state of Ohio. You know, I, I used to say that at the beginning of this pandemic, when we rolled out these additional benefits, that they moved bureaucratic mountains to get things done. And, uh, you know, they were just so responsive, you know, to people and, and trying to help people. And they did this while moving their staff you know, remote. Sure. It was really extraordinary. And so I don't want to lose sight of that and, and, and not acknowledge that. I think the other issue I'm worried about is, you know, the economic benefit. You know, so next year uh, we will see roughly um, $240 million less potentially in SNAP benefits flowing through our economy. And, you know, SNAP is recognized as one of the top economic stimulators that the government can use to kind of get things going. Because remember, when this started, we had the largest single drop in, uh, largest single increase in unemployment that we've ever seen in our country. We've largely recovered from that. Mm -hmm. But taking this money out of our economy, the, the group there that I'm concerned about are urban grocery stores um, who already have a hard time of it uh, you know, because they have increased costs and other aspects of running a business you know, in an urban community. They're going to be under pressure, and I think it would be wise for us to pay attention to that as well. A lot of people don't consider those uh, things that are impacted. Right, and I think also, I mean, I think, Kevin, I, mean, I think we would agree that you know, the benefit has never been overly generous. Um, it was never like it was intended to sort of meet everyone's needs. And so for some, you know, who are unable to work, people with disabilities potentially, or older adults who are retired, you know, it made a big difference for them. And so I think, you know, this emergency allotment in some ways might have been where it should be in the first place in terms of the size of the benefit. But this was a federal decision. Congress decided to do this last December. And so it, th they made the decision to kind of end this benefit early. First off, the, the maximum benefit for a single person household is $281. Okay. So those individuals, those are probably some of the hardest hit folks, as John already alluded to, are the seniors. And anybody who's senior and disabled um, is uh, uh, likely to be receiving the minimum or they aren't receiving, they aren't by, by rule receiving the minimum, but a lot of them are receiving the minimum. Mm -hmm. And this three-year period where they've been receiving the maximum is, is monumental. It's $23 to $281, $259 difference, um, uh, tenfold what they would be receiving normal. Uh, so it has made a tremendous amount of difference for that population. That represents um, again, the, the senior and disabled population in SNAP represents roughly 35% of the people receiving SNAP. So it is not a small number when it comes to Cuyahoga County. Cuyahoga County has a very, has the largest elderly population in the state of Ohio of any of the counties. So we are particularly concerned about the impact on them. Um, and yeah, you, you, you've said it, I've said it two or three teams, times now, excuse me. Um, the impact to them is, is monumental, yes. I, Go, I would just add to yeah. that, you know, I think sometimes uh, it, with these programs, 
we kind of look at the savings in one bucket. We think, okay, we're going to save money here. But you know, there's a lot of research to suggest that even small amounts of these benefits, particularly for older adults, reduce the time that they spend in the hospital, reduce emergency room visits, reduce time in skilled nursing facilities. So where we may be saving some money here, we may see other costs in our system that we just don't won't be able to connect directly. But I would expect that you know this reduction in benefits will be accompanied by health issues. So the important part is then you know making sure that not only do people know this change is coming and they're returning to their standard SNAP mm-hmm. benefit, which after three years, I wonder how many people actually know um, how much that is. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they do, but you've got a lot of people uh, in, in JFS who are, who are going to be answering those questions. Uh, yeah, and I don't know that uh, we'd like to think that they know what it is, and, and we try to do, um, you know, right now, obviously, we've been doing a campaign to make sure people understand that they've been receiving extra, and they have been receiving it in two uh, two payments. Mm-hmm. So they receive their initial payment, which is what they're going to start receiving just overall. So the standard and payment the standard, is the one that comes first exactly. in the month. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then the second payment, the one I referred to earlier at the end of the month, is that maximum allotment. So you can tell by just looking at your balance sheet, and most of them pay attention to when the money comes in. They'll know that first benefit's the new benefit. But to your point, there are people who are currently in SNAP um, that have never been on SNAP outside of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So this is the only thing they've ever known. Uh, so they they will be confused, they will be concerned, and think that something is wrong. Um, and I'm not saying nothing's wrong, but they'll consider something's wrong administratively, and you forgot my second payment. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. The second payment's going away. I just want to again, I want to give credit to Kevin and his department because they have been very um, sort of aggressive in reaching out to the community to their, to their community partners. Uh, because it's people like the food bank and others who are on the ground, you know, dealing with this issue. And they've been really good about getting this information out. I think if I had one piece of advice for people who are getting SNAP benefits is make sure they have your correct address. You know, that is the that is the biggest issue we have sometimes is just not being able to reach people. And we know people tend to move a lot. Uh, and so making sure that the county has your correct address, and you can change that online. I know not every um, state signed on for this uh, emergency allotment program. And um, I think some have already ended. Mm -hmm. So you've had the opportunity to see what the impacts are, um, how SNAP recipients are are impacted, and and maybe, um, you know, draw some conclusions about what things are going to be like over the next couple of months as as these, um, as the emergency allotments end. And, And I just wonder yeah, what your probably, thoughts were yeah, on that. The, the, certainly have concerns, and I would turn to John to get kind of a national perspective on states that have rolled back before uh, before now. Um, but but thankfully, and I would like to, the state of Ohio um, uh, decided, nope, we want to take advantage of this program for as long as it's out there. And so hats off to the state of Ohio office in, in doing that, because I think um, uh, if it's available, let's get it to our citizens, let's get it to the people in need. But John, I don't know if you... Yeah, I, I think in the states that ended early, Don, that um, they all saw increases in emergency food distribution. Okay. In, more people showing up at the food bank, more people showing up at soup kitchens and, and food pantries and places like that. So that's been the unfortunate side effect of this decision. And I would expect that to happen here, too. I mean, we can't. This is a substantial reduction in benefits. And so and they won't be able to make up all of it, but they certainly can help. 
Um, but I think everybody, you know, people, particularly people who work with older adults, you know, our health systems and other organizations should be thinking about how can they, you know, assist these people, you know, in other ways to maybe help make up some of this difference. We can't make up all of it. That's why the SNAP program is so important. Uh, but we can help and be aware of it. So that if we see other consequences of it, we can respond to those. And a lot of the, like you said, 35% um, are senior citizens, but a, a vast majority of the other ones are families where you've got uh, people working. It's just not enough. What they're bringing home is not enough to cover um, all the expenses that they might have. And um, the concern has to be about maybe what different choices you're going to make because food is so essential. That is an excellent point. Yeah, the, the majority of, uh, uh, of our people who are on SNAP um, uh, are some way shape or form working it's not enough money to put it's not enough money to put food on the table and speaking from from experience that's everybody's first um priority is making sure there's food on the table they will pay their rent late they will not so much worry about medical bills they will not worry about new shoes preventive health care you know yeah and the the first concern is always food on the table it is Despite the fact that Medicaid's a much larger program for us, it's almost twice, I'm sorry, it is twice the size of SNAP, but the majority of our calls are about SNAP. People know when they can't put food on the table, it is an absolute priority for them. It is always the urgent issue. Yeah, I, I would just say, I mean, I think the impact, you know, we've talked a lot about older adults, but I think you're right to point out the connection between families and children. You know, there, again, there's a lot of research here that suggests, you know, that uh, having those SNAP benefits allows children to do better in school, to do better on tests. So I think schools will see some of the impact of this, too. Uh, they're going to see more kids, you know, hungry kids in their classroom, and, and that's going to have an impact on how those kids perform. Kevin Gowan is the administrator of Cuyahoga County Department of Jobs and Family Services. John Corlett is the president and executive director of the Center for Community Solutions. Thank you both so much for clarifying some of the things that are going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. And um, we're just going to keep working to try to get the message out for other helps. Um, next up, we'll be talking about resources that are available to our residents who are going to be impacted by the changes that are coming to SNAP. You're listening to Let's Talk Cuyahoga. United Way 211 is a gateway to social services in Cuyahoga County. Call, chat, or text 211 and you will be connected to a compassionate professional who will help you find, understand, and access needed community resources, including food pantries and meal sites. 24 hours a day, every day of the year. Get accurate and timely assessment, information, and navigation to help understand your options and resolve problems. Find out more at cuyahogacounty.us slash podcast. You're listening to Let's Talk Cuyahoga. We've been discussing the end of emergency allotments for Cuyahoga County residents who are enrolled in the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Joining me now to talk about other resources that are available is the Vice President of Client Services for the Greater Cleveland Food Bank, Tiffany Scruggs. Welcome. Thank you so very much. Really glad to be here today. This is uh, something we've known was coming. The vote, the federal vote happened in December. And so um, we knew there was going to be this change to end the emergency allotments. And I'm sure you guys just moved right into action to plan for how this was going to be something you responded to. 
Yes, you know, I will say that we've paid very close attention nationally in terms of how other states and other food banks in other states have prepared for this federal change. Um, I will say that here in Ohio uh, and here in Cuyahoga County, uh, we are definitely concerned uh, that after this month, due to the reduction of benefits because of this federal change, we know that recipients will see a $23 million reduction, and that's just in Cuyahoga County alone. Uh, Speaking of our food bank, we serve six counties. We are anticipating a $50 million loss in terms of SNAP benefits for people who are receiving these critical benefits, but also the entire food ecosystem. So organizations, a part of our local grocers associations and other EBT, which is the SNAP retailer, the card who accept that as a form of payment to receive food, It's going to be a trickle-down effect in terms of potential job loss. And so we are bracing ourselves to understand in terms of the needs in the community and how we can respond. Donations as well have sort of, uh, there's been a roller coaster with that. So can you just give me an overview of, of how the pandemic and now, you know, as we're coming out of it, things have changed? Definitely, you're absolutely correct. Up and down in terms of loss of product, which means loss of available food. And the supply chain problems. And the supply chain issue. It is real. Um, Couple that with inflation. um, That is our neighbors will see a 12 to 14 percent influx in terms of going grocery shopping. And so when you think about the loss of benefits for a household that has a senior, uh, many of our seniors will go back to $23 a month, which is pretty much an average senior benefit. Uh, And so when you think about food and the loss of $250 to $258 per month, when you think about how that equates to meals, that's pretty significant. Uh, And so we are concerned not only for seniors, uh, households with children we know will take a large hit because of this inflation coupled with this federal change and reduction of benefits. Uh, And so we are keeping close track, having conversations at the state level and federal level to understand what will food access look like for us as food banks after March. Um, So far, um, we have received news that we've had a couple of federal truckloads being canceled. So what does that mean for a food bank? Uh, I will give you an example. Uh, Truckloads of green beans, truckloads of turkeys, truckloads of of uh, protein items. When we receive notice that that product will no no longer be available three to four months out because we're very planful. Mm -hmm. We have to source product months, almost a year in advance. If you don't have individuals to drive trucks, if you don't have individuals actually at the factory or on the farms preparing food, that's a trickle-down impact that we see in a negative way as a food bank. And so we have to quickly respond and understand what other product can be available four to six months down the line. In 2020, we received a a truckload of green beans for nearly $18,000. That goes a long way, right? It's a truckload of green beans. Yes. Um, Today, that same amount of product is $26,000. So that's a significant jump, and that's only one example in terms of being thoughtful about increase to our budgets as food bank, but also understanding when we receive word that two to three truckloads of product that we anticipated to receive in July and August will no longer be available. It's a full, it's very complicated, right? It's a full operation. And so 
we are tasked with not only responding to just the current need and increased need, we're also tasked with trying to identify additional product to reach the community. So and a donation doesn't go as far because you have to spend more to get the food that you need to help people in our area address that food insecurity. Um, on a high level, it sounds like things are really complicated. Mm-hmm. Let's take it down, though. It, you know, as the vice president of client services, you're talking to people who are coming into the food bank, yes. and, and uh, I'm sure there are people that you see regularly. Um, what's the mood like? I'm sure there's um, a, there are a lot of anxious people. You know, I, I just want to commend our community members for being so resilient uh, in talking to our neighbors. Um, they've actually been pretty optimistic in a, in a in a nice way, right? So I've I talked to a couple of neighbors just earlier this week, and one said, "Hey, you know what, Tiffany? I don't need three meals a day. I can eat two meals a day. Uh, I can also make sure that I'm accessing free local resources offered by the." Uh, uh, food banks and also Hunger Network and other organizations uh, to make sure that I go to those free resources first and then do my shopping with this reduction in benefits. And so already community members are trying to prepare a strategy, but it's unfortunate that they have to go without an entire meal in order to survive. But that is the true, the true, the realness of what we are headed against. And so let's talk about the Help Center, because not only, you know, is there food being given, but also help with budget? What other kinds of things do um, they do at the help center? Sure. So actually our help center is, is known for having two components. It's a call center where we provide over the phone access to those free resources and being thoughtful about addressing food insecurity. So we define food insecurity as not knowing where your next meal will come from. Uh, and so for us, that's a concern. Right. If you don't know where your next meal will come from. So our job is to make sure that we have an over the phone approach for our neighbors that want to remain anonymous. They might have um, access issues in terms of barriers to transportation. And we also serve six counties. So we're mindful of that. And we do a lot of support statewide as well. Individuals can give us a call 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday where we can help them to connect to those available free food resources. But also we have a conversation with our with our community members so along the way it's making sure they have resources if they're if they have the desire to obtain employment right if they need some support from our legal aid partners if they need a little bit of navigation to make sure that they retain or submit their documentations through our local jobs and family services offices we offer a variety of supports It's just been great to see the collaboration of the Greater Cleveland Food Bank with other local partners and and the counties to um, try to address this problem. You've got, um, for folks who have online access, Find Food Near Me, which is a really great map resource that helps people find food pantries, mobile pantries, hot meal sites. Yes. Um, Is there, uh, are, are the deliveries still happening? Yes. So we conduct a small amount of home deliveries for our seniors and homebound individuals. Um, And that's actually a partnership, a national partnership with DoorDash. Um, And so we continue to evaluate and measure the impact there and to also better understand what other organizations are providing home deliveries as we're now starting to incur a cost. Not that that's a bad thing, uh, but just to make sure that we're thoughtful and really being good stewards of our community dollars. 
if somebody wanted to help, somebody wanted to um, try to make a difference for people who are seeing the reduction in the the ending of the emergency allotments, what would be your advice? You know, I will say that that we've been very, very blessed and thankful to receive uh, the the philanthropy, the financial support. And so while a dollar goes a long way, I will always tell community members, don't feel like you don't have enough to contribute. But really volunteering goes a long way. We need bodies. We need individuals that want to join us in our distribution, our packaging efforts that are that takes place at our, at our new Coit Food Distribution Center um, to make sure that we can distribute the, the, the food to our community members and to our partners. And so if you want to join us in volunteering, please visit our website or you can give us a call and we'd be happy to sign you up for an opportunity at our Coit Food Distribution or even our Euclid Neighborhood Food Choice Pantry, which has been very very well received by the community as a response to the pandemic. And we're still available twice a month at our city of Cleveland Muni lot in terms of our mass distribution, where we are unfortunately still averaging 2,400 households served every distribution. And if you've if not driven by there, we'll be there next Thursday. Uh, we'd love to have your assistance as we can't operate that distribution without the 100 plus volunteers that it takes to execute a a seamless process. Tiffany Scruggs is the Vice President of Client Services for the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all so much. For all the information and ideas. And you can find out more about the work to address food insecurity in our community by visiting cuyahocacounty.us slash podcast. There's a, a link to their website and to their map, the Find Food Near Me map, and their phone number. Let's Talk Cuyahoga is a podcast that explores Cuyahoga County initiatives and the people who make them happen. It's produced by the Cuyahoga County Multimedia and Communications teams with special collaboration for this episode from Aida Adiakas, Lauren Jensen, and Lester Holmes from Cuyahoga County's Department of Health and Human Services. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you won't miss our next episode. And if you have any comments or questions about this episode or maybe a topic you'd like us to take on in a future episode, please email communications at cuyahogacounty.us. Let's talk Cuyahoga.